Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So last week we had Bryce Sable not just on the main episode of the Paracast, but on after the Paracast, a premium version for subscribers of the Paracast Plus. So on the main show, of course, he talked about possible UFO disclosure or life after disclosure and got into a few other things but the major topic on after the paracast was his book once there was a way which is an alternative history on what would have happened if the beatles had stayed together so randall what do you think about all this well i really like having bryce on he's really fun to have on and to listen to he's very passionate about the subject he's pretty well uh, informed as well about it. So, you know, more so than your average person, I would think. And to just listen to you and he talk about ufology and the culture and how it relates to the entertainment industry was just fascinating. On that topic, I just noticed today, too, that we've got The Matrix 4 coming out in 2021. Now, I think we all thought maybe the the trilogy was the end of it, but it looks like we've got another one coming. Does the world need another sequel? It depends on it, whether it can redeem itself from the, the, the two sequels from the first one. If it can, then, you know, I'm all for it because the whole idea, of course, of the Matrix is that perhaps we're living in a simulated universe. And that's one of my favorites for explaining paranormal phenomena in general. So uh, whether it happens to be true or not, it's just it's just a really interesting subject and and something that is actually being taken seriously by philosophers and scientists alike these days as well. Our guest is Rich Hoffman and he's joined us. He's been following the UFO phenomenon for over five decades. Rich, do you ever speculate on things like that, that we're living possibly in a matrix style universe? Oh yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us like want to stop and try to figure out is there an answer for everything and if you're following you know just how blasted large and complex the universe is i mean even though it's it's mostly space but i mean and you start to get into the quantum world uh you start to like question a lot of different things you know i mean you know the, the whole notion of quantum entanglement and the fact that you have two particles that are talking to each other basically or doing something at a great distance and you can affect them that way uh, like a spin might counter it's just phenomenal i mean it, it, it what is that how does that work so there's a lot a lot of interest in in terms of speculating about are we living in a matrix are we living in a simulated world what are we living in you know what, what is life <laughs> so yeah we, we do a lot of that speculating i guess one has to worry here or least consider whether that is what's bringing us ufos it may not necessarily be et but some phenomenon generated by this force or maybe we can call them ultra terrestrials like john keel did yeah, I, I mean, uh, I think Heineck uh, mentioned that it was a space-time singularity. It seemed to exist in a given space for just that moment, and then it seemed like it would go go away when it goes out of the sight. We don't follow it like an aircraft taking off at one landing spot and then going across the sky and landing somewhere else. It just goes out of 
like existence or something like that. We just don't know where they go. And there's a lot of that kind of phenomena associated with this where at some times they appear to be have some sort of solidity to them. And then other times they don't. I mean, uh, they just literally vanish in front of your eyes or appear out of nowhere. So the other big question is, are we dealing with multiple sources or multiple hypotheses? And that's where it gets rather interesting. Now, one thing that occurred to me as I was listening to you, Rich, is what if UFOs only appear when there's someone to see them? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, go go take that one step further. I mean, you know, we know that observation of a particle uh, of light, basically, uh, you know, can either be a a, like a, a particle, I mean, excuse me, a particle or a wave, right? And we we're also noticing that the role of observing even quantum particles, uh, has an effect. And so observation seems to be one of those things where it alters things, if you would. And so there's a, there is some interest in that. And this, you know, I've always pondered this. How is it that you have these home abductions, if you would, uh, and you probably, that's probably in a neighborhood. And how is it that nobody driving around's not seeing that? <laughs> you know, I mean, wouldn't they see the object hanging above the house and then the person going through a window and, you know, and you know, that type thing and, and into a craft? And so you have to always like question, like, you know, is this, uh, is, does observation come into play uh, with this whole phenomenon? And how is it that you can have, uh, like, like, I know I've investigated cases where I've had like maybe 30 people that were all watching the same thing. Of course, you know, uh, you, you pull them into different rooms and then have them start to do drawings and what did you see? And uh, you may get uh, a, a lot of different things that are picked up by different individuals because they observe different things or they can hear things differently or they can see things differently. And But, you know, generally you might get the same thing. But at the same time, you might have a group of people who see an object and then another group of people that are nearby don't see it, you know. So what is that about? The earth light phenomena that I was investigating uh, that was about an hour away from me, we questioned whether or not the light coming off of that object or those objects that are being seen are omnidirectional or whether they are unidirectional. In other words, you might have like we we walk around a light bulb in the middle of a room and we can see it from all sides. Right. Well, some of these uh, earth like kind of phenomena, you can we've had planes going overhead that can't see them. And yet people on the ground on one side see it and another group on another side don't see it. So that's there's interesting, uh, interesting dynamics about that that we're still studying. Well, that seems to make perfect sense. Maybe what we should do, too, is while we're uh, introducing you here, Rich, is that we should mention that you are an executive board member of the SCU, which stands for the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. Now, the SCU UAP uh, means anomalous aerospace phenomena, and uh, we ha- which is very similar to what NARCAP has, which is the same thing UAP, but they call it anomalous aerial phenomena. And it's my understanding that both of those terms were meant as a replacement for the term UFO because it accommodates a wider range of phenomena. So something that we would typically call a UFO, like an alien craft, 
falls in there along with a whole range of other possibilities. Do I have that more or less correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, very much so, because, you know, well, first off, I mean, not all these things are flying. <laughs> they're, they're, they're also underwater, right? <laughs> How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the fact that they're up in, in, in space? Uh, or you don't see any propulsion systems. So when we think of things flying, we think of maybe something that has a propulsion system that you can observe like, a, you know, and then then you have. Like I mentioned before, you have objects that seemingly can appear and disappear, and uh, you have all this other kind of like unusual phenomena that that's out there that are doing things. Are they solid? Are they not solid? Are they uh, how are they, are they manipulating space and time? And and so the anomaly part of that it, it broadens it, and that's a term that we looked at, especially when we were dealing with the Aguadilla case in Puerto Rico a number of years back, because we said, you know, well, wait a minute, here's an object that we see that goes into the water, it comes up, and it splits into two different objects, and, it, and how do you account for that? Let's do our break here. We have Rich Hoffman joining us this week on the Paracast, and we're focusing here not just on the reality of UFOs, but what kind of reality it might represent. Hmm. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I, I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-377-1456. 800-377-1456. That's 800-377-1456. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. 
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Mortgage rates have dropped 25%, the lowest mortgage rates in years. So maybe you should drop everything and call Zoom Refi. Refinance your home now and slash your mortgage payments. Take cash out and save maybe hundreds of dollars every month. Zoom Refi mortgage rates are super low. Zoom Refi closing costs are super low. And Zoom, we approve you right over the phone, even for no income check loans. Big drop in mortgage rates. Big opportunity for you to save money. Call Zoom Refi. Today, 888-291-9729. 888-291-9729. Save on mortgage payments. Save on closing costs. Call Zoom Refi. 888-291-9729. Advertising by marketing entity Zoom Refi. Zoom Refi is not a bank or financial company. Calls and other inquiries may be forwarded to third-party lenders who are solely responsible for reviewing, approving, and servicing any loan. Zoom Refi is not affiliated with any state or federal agency and does not provide mortgage advice or help. No income check loans are for investment properties only, and income must be sufficient to service debt. Every day, we take steps to keep the people we love safe, but some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs, like the ones that cause Lyme disease. Mice searching for food can spread bacteria that makes us sick. Mosquitoes lay eggs in standing water and can spread West Nile virus and more. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home, leaving behind allergens that can trigger asthma attacks. Common pests can threaten our health. Learn how to protect your family at pestworld.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We continue with Rich Hoffman talking about the reality behind UFOs. What if UFOs, even if they seem to be solid, are really just projections of some sort? Then somebody's figured out how to do a hellacious job of affecting physical space as well. Because you got to keep in mind that the objects are being tracked on radar. They're being picked up by multi-sensory objects. Uh, they leave ground effects. They leave all kinds of other impacts to people and everything else. So, you know, you think of a projection or a hologram and it's not going to do anything to you. But yet these things have a solidity or reality to them, I guess, when they want to. Uh, and so you have to consider those reports and include them in when you're also dealing with something that appears to be not solid and doesn't have that. Of course, that raises also the question here is our participation in what we see, which mm-hmm. some people refer to as a co-creation hypothesis, where whatever's there, we are altering it in a way that's more user-friendly. 
Yeah, I know that we, I mean, I, I believe very strongly that we are uh, co-creators. I mean, I, the consciousness movement and, and what we, what little we understand and we're trying to grapple with in terms of consciousness uh, and its role in just uh, you and I having a conversation or, you know, the reality of this PC in front of me or, you know, whatever. There is an interplay there, as we pointed out, between just how we can affect uh, even a particle. So there is that. I'm I'm still struggle with, you know, the cases where you've got maybe multiple parties from different sides of uh, of a city, for example, that are seeing the same thing. Or take a look at the, the Phoenix Lights case, you know, or something like that, where you've got thousands of people seeing it. Are all of them consciously creating the same object? Uh, did they communicate by some means with each other? Or how does that work? And we don't really understand that enough, I think, to know. I like the approach that you're taking here, though, in that it, it sounds to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your approach is attempting to be as scientific as possible. And therefore, I would think that you would be looking for something that is objectively real as opposed to something that is a subjective thing created by the per person's mind. In other words, if you've got physical trace evidence, if you've got uh, actual craft of some kind, you're dealing with something that is independent of the witness. And the subjective part, the co-creation part, is just what the witness interprets it to be. So we might have one person that says, well, UFOs are transports from hell. And another person will say, well, no, there's some sort of interstellar craft. Yeah, correct. Very, very much so. I mean, I mean, I can see something and you can see something and we can interpret it in, in our own way. And like, I can see it as a religious experience and you can see it as a, a demonic experience. <laughs> I mean, I think I think we we that's what we as humans do is that we we take in and we process it and we try to figure out what it means or what it's about. And but. Yeah, science, I mean, tends to be more on the material or the physical or trying to understand what is going on from you know, the world as we know it, if you would. And what we are trying to do is trying to really give it as much of that serious consideration as we possibly can from a scientific perspective. And try to follow the very principles of, of science, if you would. I mean, all the way down to if, if you're writing a peer, uh, peer-reviewed peer paper and making sure we can get that into mainstream science. And uh, we're, we're even going to the point of creating our own peer review process as well as putting our own journal in place. So now what we'll be able to do is to give uh, access to serious scientists to get something published where they were normally in the past, these things get rejected. I mean, you, you try to get yourself into a scientific journal on UFOs and the subject, and they completely dismiss it, and they won't publish it. So we want them to be published, and we want them to get scientists to communicate with each other and collaborate. So that's what we're doing. And right now, I mean, SCU has got well in excess of 70 people. That I mean, uh, like twenty four maybe or something like that are are PhDs in different kinds of fields, everywhere from psychology to material science to chemistry to everything else. And these are people who are open enough and willing to engage this thing from their unique perspectives. 
And we're starting to see that we're getting more and more of these people wanting to do this because they're will they're willing to associate with a group that's going to treat it scientifically. And so there's right now a groundswell, and I think that the whole announcement with the Pentagon uh, and that whole thing with the Nimitz case and stuff like that, it helps to give it a little bit of credibility for a lot of the people who might have been in the uh, invisible college, if you would, to actually come out now. And so I'm excited because I think in my 55 years with this whole subject, I've not seen an adequate study by scientists. Yeah, we've had other kinds of reviews that have been done and they, they'll look at the evidence, but I mean, you didn't have a whole collective group of people necessarily like looking at it over a period of time. And the, the thing that's encouraging, I think right now, is the, the fact that our science has advanced, even from back in those days, like in, in Blue Book or various other things. And we've got way better data, which scientists absolutely love. I mean, we're starting to see these like thermal imaging from military grade equipment kinds of videos. And so it's very exciting right now. What do you think about the people who have believed, and this goes back to the 50s, that there's a silence group or some agency within the U.S. government, we can call it MJ-12, but that's highly disputable, that knows a secret or enough of a secret to keep it away from the public, and that secret being that we're being visited by E.T., and therefore there's expectations of disclosure. But after, what, 65, 70 years, it never seems to happen. Well, I I do believe that the subject, as we've even seen with the, the, the recent announcements, are that if these studies and things are done in the national security climate, uh, that, you know, there are ground rules that you play in on that and that you don't discuss things that are considered to be classified. And, and I'll be honest with you, I think if if you stop to look at the potential that these aircraft or these objects are, are having in our airspace uh, and with interactions with our military equipment in a day today where you know, you have other players and parties around the planet. Uh, we're describing now as threats, even though, you know, in the past, we wouldn't even think that, you know, we would not be calling them threats. They've been around for a long time. They haven't done anything to us. Right. But in the context that we don't understand it, now you've got these studies going on and it falls. It's always falling in the military world and then the military world. And I work in the military world. I work with the army. Let's cover more of this, Rich, in our next segment with Gene and Randall. And Rich, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 29th to June 1st for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient civilizations, crop circles, and so much more. Over 150 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Paul Hellyer, Linda Moulton Howe, Nick Pope, Emery Smith, Stephen Greer, Russell Targ, Doc Wallach, Leslie Kane, and more. Get your tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. 
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Nevada Democrats are weighing in on their party's presidential nomination contest. Four years ago in Nevada, Bernie Sanders lost a close race to Hillary Clinton. Precincts are now reporting a big win for him, with former Vice President Joe Biden coming in second and former Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg coming in third. Senator Elizabeth Warren is close behind and Senator Amy Klobuchar is trailing. Bernie Sanders didn't stay in Nevada to celebrate the results. He went straight to Texas for a campaign rally. Let me tell you, on day one and henceforth, we are going to end the demonization of the undocumented in this country. Sanders told reporters in El Paso, President Trump is a pathological liar running a corrupt administration. This is USA Radio News. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-547-4804 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-547-4804. That's 800-547-4804. Again, 800-547-4804. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. What you're basically saying, and you can expand on it, Rich Hoffman, is that the government doesn't know 
the answer to this. That's right. And they don't. And I, I really don't. And I think that they attempt to collect any and all information that they can get related to this. And they've already done that. I mean, you know, if you look at the the, the case with the JAL aircraft in Alaska back uh, many decades ago and stuff like that, you had John Callahan was talking about the uh, the fact that some CIA group or something like that was in the room immediately classified everything and absconded the evidence. We've had repeated experiences with that, and, and we've seen that uh, over a period of time. So there is some sort of degree of control, if you would, uh, of this, and they do it within the context of largely the military or the government circles, where they'll go and collect government information, and that there is some group that is doing that. I, I really think that that's legit, and that there is a control mechanism to keep it uh, under lock and key. and. Uh, the big question becomes one of what's the motive behind that? Is the motive that you want to find out what the answer is? And wouldn't that be the same for the Russians and the Chinese and anybody else that has anything? Sure, it would. Would they necessarily go and announce the fact that they have that interest in doing it? Probably not, because they want to get the answer to it or they want to solve it and they want to use it as a military whatever weapon, if you would, or some means of uh, constructing one or figuring out how they fly. And, and that's what the military does. Uh, and that's its role. It's to defend the country. So I think that you're going to see that, that that's the, the, the motive behind it. It's, and what we're trying to say is, well, wait a minute, you know, you might, if you want to really study this, and you, you want to continue to do the studies within the military context, and you have a lot of scientists and things there. There are a lot, a, lot, a lot of scientists outside of military, and if you were willing to share some of the data, we could help take up some of the load and do some of the analysis. That's where we're hoping to go. I, I noticed that TTSA, the To the Stars Academy, has, you know, they managed to get what they call a CRADA, which is a, a, an agreement, a support agreement between them and the Army uh, to be able to use labs to be able to do some analysis of materials. And that's a great partnership between the two organizations. And universities do that all the time. We have a local university here in Huntsville that has a CRADA with uh, the Department of the Army, where, where I work, and some of the other organizations over here at Redstone and uh, in Huntsville, Alabama. And so we're, you know, open to that as well. I think uh, that's a really uh, responsible way to go about it, because if people who are doing this sort of research take upon it themselves to do the analysis, then you're going to get these questions about bias on the inside. Whereas if you contract it out to someone at arm's length from your organization, then you don't have to worry nearly as much about that sort of thing. Correct. Yeah, very much so. You know, we're all trying to figure out what the right thing is. And I think that the right, uh, I, in my view of the world, if you would, I mean, I started off right in Dayton, Ohio, where Project Blue Book was going on. And actually met some of the Blue Book personnel when I was growing up. And I now find myself working in the military, but at the same time, I'm a ufologist that's working in the military. And it's like one of those kind of like really wild things where I, I still very much want to see science uh, tackle this subject. And so we're excited. I mean, we're starting to see that we can get that and that 
SCU is willing to tackle this, and uh, and even TTSA wants to work with us, and so we're excited. So, uh, although you are you're you're under the sort of the broader banner of UAP. Uh, aerial or aerospace phenomena, but it sounds like your core interest is still in the subset there that we would call UFOs or alien craft. Uh, So I think that's obviously probably where the focus should be. What about the other sorts of phenomena? Do you get into looking at, say, something like, you know, maybe sprites in the upper atmosphere or like you mentioned earlier, earth lights, other natural types of phenomena? Yeah, and that's where I'm at uh, with the earth light phenomena. I think that that's some sort of an unknown natural phenomena that's in our atmosphere. And I I don't know what's causing it, and a lot of other people don't. I believe that there are a a lot of these types of phenomena that, that we see and I think, uh, you know, the reason why we see that there's a, you know, an interest in this is, number one, a lot of these things get reported as UFOs. And so it, it is part of the UFO phenomena in the sense that it's being reported and misidentified. And wouldn't it be good if we can figure out what that phenomena is so that we can now take away that as being the cause of what the real phenomena might be? You know, you get what I'm saying, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're you're using a process of elimination to get at the truth about the core subject matter, which which is really classic ufology. Uh, And uh, it's really actually really good to hear that you refer to yourself as a ufologist in the community, because I think for too long we've been um, somewhat compromised by attitudes and uh, social, cultural stereotypes that way so it's uh you know thanks for saying that i i'm unashamedly admitting that i consider myself to be a ufologist and maybe not quite as active as some including yourself but uh, and uh, i am a believer in alien craft alien visitation i unashamedly admit that too same as stanton friedman would mm-hmm. yeah and i think that you know it's been interesting to watch as you know the fact that you have these announcements being made about, you know, the fact that the military is now engaged and they're wanting to use the term UAP, but they're also very being very cautious to not pronounce that it's ET, if you would, or it's it's you know alien craft, if you would. It's because you know, and, and I guess where it comes back, and in, in, I know that you 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 go with the alien craft. I go back with the fact that I don't know that I can call it that primarily because there's so many blasted hypotheses associated with this subject that I can't eliminate all of them or, or many of them. And so, like, a good example would be, uh, you know, uh, the, well, I mean, even the Earth lights are natural phenomena that get reported as UFOs. But, I mean, when I say alien, I mean... I, I go back to the question about whether or not they've been here all along throughout our entire history. And maybe in 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 effect that they have been helping to do genetic manipulation to be able to create us. There's the there's also the speculation that that they have been on the planet all along and been based in the water, uh, you know, and and, uh, underwater and our objects that just pop up and out of water whenever they want. There's a, so would you classify them in, as ET and and again if they were here before us you know are they extraterrestrial craft that are flying so there's 
a lot of that that's going on. And the other part of it is that I do also believe that some of the, the objects that might be seen are development uh, projects or efforts by uh, some, maybe an organization here on Earth. Uh, right, yeah. And, uh, and I, don't el- I don't eliminate that. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, on, the, on the subject of alien, that's, uh, I think that covers a lot of it. I like, I look at the term alien similar to what uh, biologists are, the way that biologists do, where you have something that is found within an environment that it is not native to itself. So in this case, it, it may be that it's something interstellar. It may be that it is something from under the oceans, but whatever it is, it's from outside our collective civilization, the boundaries and constructs that we normally consider to be our civilization. Let's do our break here, Randall, and we're not going to suggest that the UFOs are sent here by Aquaman from under (laughs) the sea. Rich Hoffman, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNlife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNlife.com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNlife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637.
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. if you think about the length of time that this planet's been around and the, the number of extinctions that have happened on it and, and various other things, how do we know that there hasn't been a life form that's been here in a previous time before the last extinction, if you would? Uh, how do we know? Do we really know that they are, might be closer to being on Earth than we know? The other aspect of this, which then starts to get into, you know, you talked about speculating things earlier. I go back to the fact that, you know, and there are some like Michael Masters and some other people uh, that, that tend to want to believe that, that these beings are basically us from the future and that these are time machines, if you would, that somehow can manipulate time and space, if you would, and they're, they're actually us from the future. When you think about that, Okay, well, that's pretty an interesting thing since, you know, a lot of the beings seem to have two eyes and maybe indications of ears and seem to have something that looks like a mouth, maybe, and two arms and two legs. And so that same symmetry that we see in ourselves and in a lot of other things 
seems to be inherent in them as well. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, they why would you have a life form on another planet necessarily evolve in the same way? And we see like reports of actual humanoids, you know, the blonde Nordics. I mean, in every aspect, identical to human beings. I can see other planets evolving similar life forms because of the way that life seems to need to work in terms of having, if it's going to have a brain, then it's going to have its sensory uh, apparatus fairly close to that, which means it's going to have some kind of a head. If it needs stereoscopic vision, it'll probably have two eyes. Same goes for the ears. Uh, you know, so, there, so there's a certain sort of natural logic to the way that an intelligent creature might evolve. But to look exactly like us, I mean, you go back to talking about maybe we're some sort of a genetic experiment. And as far out as that sounds, uh, I don't think we can take that one off the books. Yeah, we don't. And that's why it's still on the books. And so the, the, the problem we have is we have all these, again, these different hypotheses that are out there. And until you get evidence, you know, for or against, if you would, you, you keep them on the books because they might be real. In fact, we might be dealing with a number of these competing hypotheses, you know? Uh, maybe, maybe we are the, uh, the Florida or the, the place where everybody goes on vacation and this is the place to pop in, but I mean, I don't know. And because we don't know, it's like one of those things where we, that's why we study them to try to figure out what we can and to see if they're, and now with, by the way, with the things like the infrared cameras, and if we added more capabilities to be different, to see different parts of the you know, electromagnetic spectrum in the way of tools, we might even learn a bit more about these objects than just all well, the blurry, fiction, the, the visible range, if you would, the, the blurred photos and, and everything else. We're excited about the fact that we're seeing the thermal signature of these objects that don't appear to have any impact of being in our atmosphere. Well, something that's interesting, like what, what Gene had mentioned earlier about them being some sort of a projection, we had uh, not long ago Gary Voorhees on, yeah. who is uh, a tech uh, yep. during the Nimitz incident. And uh, we've also Gary. talked to Kevin Randall, which, of course, you know, he was a military helicopter pilot. In, in, right. So we're talking about military people. And one of the things um, that I brought up uh, to both of them is the idea that this tic-tac whole tic-tac incidencing could have been some sort of advanced countermeasures test because radar can be spoofed you can find documentation on the whole thing so it doesn't necessarily have to be a material object out there in order to fool the radar into thinking there's material objects out there and then you've got the whole starfire optical range that's been going on since back in the star wars days where there were pictures that people took of these glowing plasma balls back then that were produced by these particle beam devices that they have so who knows where they've gone since then if you combine all that together with some sort of holography then you're going to get a thermal signature and a lot of it adds up to be very very similar so for example the lack of radar locks by aircraft the lack of actual radar detection at all by aircraft when the objects were being detected by the radars on board the ships. So it kind of could explain quite a few things. 
as well as if it's some sort of super secret countermeasures test, maybe not everybody was supposed to know about it. And the Navy is really known for doing stuff like that. They did that with the Skyhook balloon, you know, back in the 60s. And it was reported as a UFO. And they just let people believe that. Yeah, well, we we published a 270-page paper and spent a couple of years. And we investigated and we talked with Gary and everybody uh, involved in the Nimitz case. So I think we did about 18 interviews. So we're talking with pilots. We're talking with the people on the in the command count, uh, center. We we talked with uh, a number of other people. The, and in our paper, we also did the deduct or the calculations in terms of the drop, the speed that it was going, uh, the the impacts in terms of the of the uh, object in terms of. Uh, kinetic energy that would have been released by the drop and and yeah i actually read that paper that's a good one it's on your it's on your site and the, the whole thing there is it assumes that you're dealing with a material craft if right. it is some sort of a projection, like maybe as Gene suggested at the beginning, then you're going to be able to eliminate a lot of that, uh, a lot of the questions that are raised by that, because you're not dealing with the same kind of inertia. You're just focusing beams in different directions. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you, I, I was surprised to see that that wasn't taken into consideration as a possibility when even Voorhees and Kevin D. Randall, they both admitted it could be something like that, but we just don't know. Yeah, well, I think that you have, again, you have a lot of different sensory kinds of data that are picking it up. And I'm not just talking about the fact that you're guided on that, that you have a, a FLIR that is seeing it. You've got four eyeballs or from, well, actually more than that, that are seeing it, you know, if you would, or uh, four pilots, or if you would, and, and they're all seeing the object, and they watch the chase, and they they see this, and then you have it being picked up back when it moved away from left the scene, and now you have it saying, well, wait a minute, uh, it's, it's at your cap point. And then you have, along the way, you've also got a uh, another aircraft that sees it going by the window. So, I mean, uh, I'm not ready to say that somebody can take over a 60-mile area and have that amount of energy to create some sort of a holographic image, if you would, over a 60-mile area, because that would be tremendous power to be able to do that. And then, in addition to that, we don't know that the object itself, which was uh, maneuvering around uh, some sort of an underwater object, and that the water itself, which was bubbling up, was actually, is that was that being done by whatever the big object was that was underwater, or was that being done by the tic-tac that was above it? And... And so, yeah, you can play with sensory, or you can play with radar data. You can you can have all kinds of like other kinds of things. But again, let's go into context here. We talk about this whole thing happening over a period of days, multiple times, and with everything from eyeballs to radar to other kinds of devices, and then doing that on a particular naval exercise when they're trying to do the testing that they are. Do, do I believe that there was some other kind of means for us to project that much energy over that many miles? I don't buy that. First off, we don't have anything like that. And I've not seen any indications from around the planet of anybody having that amount of energy to be able to create a 
hologram or something of that nature and to, to replicate that. Well, I guess you'd have to go back and, and, you know, have a look at the Starfire optical range, which was, and the whole Benowitz case and the plasma balls that that thing was creating. So, I mean, it, it's, that was way back. This is 2020. That was back in the 80s. I mean, if yeah. you think we haven't advanced since then, and holograms don't take a huge amount of energy, yet burning up something in the atmosphere does like, oh. to, you know, like a Star Wars weapon does, but to create an image doesn't take that much energy. More to come with Rich, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. Of course, we can have a holographic deck or a holographic sky based on Star Trek in the 23rd century. But then again, maybe E.T. is doing that to us. They're projecting holograms so we see what they want us to see, either to hide what they really are or for some purpose we do not understand. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Rich, I mean, we just don't know, right? I just go back to the the fact that, you know, again, you, you know, we can speculate all we want, but then you have to also include the, 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 the fact that you have 
Well, I mean, like Ted Phillips had collected over like four or five thousand physical effects, and we have physical effects and ground burned and and all kinds of electro uh, microwave radiation that happens and various other things. And so, you know, this has happened over history, even before the latest technology has happened. So uh, these objects have been going and stopping on a dime and backing up and doing the same kind of motions that the Tic Tac was described to do back in the 50s. Oh, yeah. Now, now you're talking that, that we had holographic capabilities back in the 50s. No, no. no and we so didn't. why would I want to necessarily accept that suddenly that, that we're doing that? And that that is what's causing it when it's performing the same way that we had with the Tic Tacs, if you would, kind back in the 50s. So I think we're dealing with some sort of, uh, of a phenomenon that's been pretty consistent. They can hover. They can shoot off on a dime in any direction. They don't, they're not impacted by inertia. They don't have a visible means of propulsion as we know it. They are underwater in the air and in space, and they don't change their shape. So that's been pretty consistent. So I'm not going. You know, I'm I'm not ready to jump into like wanting to declare that they're all of these other things necessarily. I mean, again, I until I can see some sort of scientific papers which shows that we've got that kind of a capability, I'm and I'm going to be a little bit skeptical. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's good to be skeptical. It's also pretty obvious that now, with the technology that we have, that something like that could be done. So if it's possible for us to do it, whether we have it or not, is sort of almost beside the point, because sort of a good rule of thumb would be to say, well, look, if it's possible for us to do it, it probably was us instead of some aliens from you know another planet or whatever. That might be wrong. When you're making the case about them back in the 50s and the 40s, we're talking about the golden age of ufology. And yeah, back then, there is just no way. Whatever was happening then, whether they were real craft or some sort of um, projection, as Gene suggests, it wasn't ours. We weren't making it. Something else was. So maybe there is a something like a giant mothership, like in the JAL case, like you were talking about where they're capable of doing that, you know, back then. And so some, some situations were craft that appeared to be there, but weren't really there. And that would answer a lot of questions about how they're able to maneuver the way they do. Yep. Well, I guess uh, I'm just saying more study. I mean, we don't have any answers. We really don't. Uh, and they're all over the board in terms what's of what's your like, favorite one. Like if you had to pick one, for what we're dealing with, because, I mean, no matter how you break it down, you and I both know we're dealing with something that is beyond whatever it is we're doing. The core here is we, we don't know what it is, but what's your favorite hypothesis? Well, I, t I tend to want to go with the idea or the notion that they're basically uh, like somehow us maneuvering through time. I, I tend to go with that one over a lot of them. I think that I can't conceive of anything that that has a better fit, if you would. Space is so blasted vast that that you know if even if they were like from another planet, I mean, you you have all those things to overcome in terms of 
uh, time dilation. You've got the, you know, you've got some, you've got all the time impacts associated with that. I mean, like, uh, you've got the, it's too phenomenal for me. I mean, we don't, we don't see them necessarily popping in from, you know, Zeta Reticuli, or we don't see them in, in space, if you would. Uh, but nevertheless, there seems to be a phenomena that's been on this planet since time immemorial. I mean, uh, the recorded history of the Earth. I mean, of, of our recorded history, if you would. We've got objects that are, are descriptions of things that have happened throughout this this time. And uh, and and I just tend to want to go with the, the belief that the fact that they look so much like us, that we have some sort of a kinship with them. Um, the fact that they're not intending to harm us. And if you want to look at the nuke cases, they're out trying to shut those things off because they don't want um, any impacts. You know, and if you look at the nuke kind of case story from the 95,000 foot ceiling. So there, there's a kinship, if you would. We don't understand that kinship. Their ability, uh, they, they look a lot different than us. So they're they're either on the front end or the back end of time, if you would, and somehow having having some sort of a uh, a relationship where they observe, they they don't want to necessarily whether they are having an impact on us because obviously we're spending a lot of time studying them and probably trying to create a craft that can do the same thing. So they're kind of like, a, you know, we're being led. If I talk about like Star Trek and you talk about the communicator and now we're making cell phones, you know, I mean, so are we being led in a certain direction by these things? But there's a, there's this relationship that I, and I, I want to tend to think that they might be some objects like that, that, that it's us from a future time or, or some role that we have where they're impacting us and we're the aliens, if you would. You know, they brought us to here and they're seeding the planet or something. You know? That reminds me of the movie Arrival with Amy Adams, where uh, it deals a lot with time that way. Um, I I'm, I'm personally have a lot of trouble believing in time travel the way sci-fi portrays it but i thought the movie was was really good what do you guys think i enjoyed the show i thought i thought that it it was good in the sense that it was trying to alter us from our understanding of how we would even communicate with these things and 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 the fact that uh you know that they did play a role as far as time uh, was concerned so i i liked the movie it was i thought it was very very good Funny enough, I only saw like two-thirds of it, and mm-hmm. for whatever reason, never came back to it, and then the rental expired. You know how the online rentals work. It's usually yeah. 48 hours to watch the movie, and if you don't make it in the 48 hours, you lose access to it. So we decided, we're not going to rent it again, but maybe sometime in the future. It's probably free somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited about that. Are you aware of the the James Fox uh, movie that's going to be coming out in September called The Phenomena? Gene? No. Tell us more. Yeah, tell us more. So James Fox was... uh, Oh, yeah, James Fox. Yeah, I didn't know the name of it. Remember, I think originally it was going to be something like the 701 in the sense that it was going to be talking about Blue Book cases, the, the unknowns in Blue Book. 
But it since then has morphed and, and a bit, and now it's called the Phenomena. They actually have trailers out for it, and it looks quite good, quite good. So I'm very excited about that. That'll be in theaters, and in, in, uh, I guess in September. Oh, this it's is going to be th- a movie, not not a series. Oh no, it's no, it's a it's a movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so this will this will be in theater, uh, yeah. and so I'm uh-huh. very excited about that. Now, we have been in touch with James Fox about the progress of the movie. Of course, he didn't tell us the title. I did get an email that he was about to deliver the finished film to the production company. And this film has had an amazing, amazing odyssey from the beginning until the point it's reached now. And that's also quite a Hollywood story for many movies. We're going to have James Fox probably on the PowerCast when it's a little closer to the release date. Like happens with Hollywood projects, that's how it goes. We've got Rich, Gene, and Randall. You're in the PowerCast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I'm here with Scott Juseum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever. We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Rich Hoffman, have you gotten a chance to see the TV fictionalized version of Dr. Hynek's life, Project Blue Book? <laughs> yeah, I watched that for comic relief. <laughs> I knew J. Allen Hynek. I mean, I met him a lot of occasions. I've even been to his house when he was living up in Evanston. But uh, and I knew his wife Mimi and and uh, and so on and so forth. But yeah, it, it's it's pretty wild to watch that show. I at first I was really uh, upset. Like I think a, a number of like long term ufologists were in the sense that it you know it didn't do a the cases any justice it goes off on and changes names it changes everything i mean you're sitting there saying well what what is this case that they're trying to show because you know the real one and it's nowhere near what it was since then i've i've been able to rationalize it if i look at it like a bunch of x-files show where they've you know just basically used loose cases and went off on their own like docufiction but Really yeah. heavily fiction. And that's cool. I mean, you know, ufology is very cultural. I, I would say probably yeah. the largest portion of it is cultural. And, and probably you, one of your uh, esteemed members there in the SEU, uh, Dr. Paul Kingsbury, would probably agree. You know, it's fine to have fun with it and enjoy yeah. it as entertainment. But there is this serious core. And I find it really interesting. This is a golden opportunity, if you don't mind. You knew some of these people and you actually hung out with J. Allen Hynek. I mean, yeah. to, to me, he is sort of the pinnacle of the whole scientific exploration of the subject uh, and it's my understanding from what i've read and maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong here but that he started out fairly skeptical but over the course of his investigations through his interaction with the witnesses with the people finally became convinced despite the lack of the material the verifiable scientifically valid material evidence that these people weren't just 
concocting stories that something real was going on. Did did you you ever get a chance to uh, talk to him about you know that shift in his his change in attitude? You got to understand that he was working as a consultant and getting a, a military stipend, if you would, for his consulting capabilities on the subject, and so he was under a contract. And the contract was to basically do some sort of like study, if you would, uh, of whatever these cases were about and to come up with some sort of like a rational explanation for it. Well, like I've done with many of the UFO cases that I've done, and I've done thousands of cases myself, it's a situation where you go out with an open mind. You want to hear what these people are having to say, and then you try to like apply what you, what he called the the escalation of hypotheses are, where you start off with well, you know, what do we know that it could be, and then you eventually, when you can't explain it with what the known is, then you come up with well, maybe it's more in the unknown, and and you you really do it that way, and 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 so ultimately, after a period of time, you're left with these cases that you cannot explain you know and then you have to then you, your natural tendency is to do the thing where you say well wait a minute there is something to it i can't put my finger on what it is and he did the same thing i mean it's just the more you you looked into cases like the, even those 701 that you were talking about that can't be explained you you go back and you scratch your head and you say well i can't come up with anything rational so what is it and uh, and so I I think he was under some constraints when he was under the military because you know you're not going to call him alien you're not going to call him this you're not going to call him that plus he's got his scientific credibility online and so he's a well respected astronomer and science they were i mean him and valet were trying to be able to create the, again the invisible college and get all these people to get engaged and but to keep it quiet because you can't deal with it in scientific circles for you guys then like you just mentioned valet there and and Heineck, now uh, does the scu use their system of classification for example We've got the four basic types, the anomaly, the flyby, the maneuver, and the close encounter. And each of those have a range of types from first to fifth, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth kinds. Does the SCU follow that pattern, or have you got your own sort of classification system? Uh, we haven't developed our own kind of a classification system. Uh, we, so we're, okay, so you're sticking with the Heineck Valley system. Well, I think we are fam we're familiar with it because most uh, a good number of us were actually in MUFON and that's what we used. Right. Okay. Uh, and so we we tend to understand that world and and that classification system. I think that what we're about largely is to get you know basically papers written and published and and getting uh, and tackling hard cases and tackling you know like these thermal imaging cases that that we're not out there jumping to replicate ourselves or turn ourselves into another MUFON. Uh, and we're not trying to be a blue book. We're trying to be a coalition or a group of people who have an interest in this and are willing to tackle projects. And so we're project oriented, if you would. And so, for example, right now we've I already mentioned that I had the project with the uh, the the lights, the Cloverdale lights that were Earth lights, and then we've had we have a, a project out there that's actually doing a shape characterization study, 
We've also got uh, a study going on with looking at USOs. And so we have uh, some scientists and statisticians who are going out and looking at, uh, at the USO cases to see if we can determine anything from those patterns. So that's the kind of thing that we do. We're like a brain trust, if you would, that's, that's tackling those complex problems with this and looking at it from a project-based orientation. I like the sound of that. Now, in conjunction with that, you guys uh, tend to be involved with something, and I'm not really sure exactly what the the acronym is. It's the AAPC. I'm is that it's a conference, so I'm kind of assuming anomal anomalous aerial phenomena conference or something like that. Uh, That's exactly you, it. Yeah. Okay. And so, tell us about we, that. I, I had my my last one. In fact. I think it was the last time I was on with you was right after the conference in right, in, yeah. in March of this last year. And it, that was our first conference here in Huntsville. Well, we're having our second one, and it's coming up here on the 5th through the 7th in June. Uh, in in uh, Huntsville, yeah. Yeah, so, so we're, uh, I'm, I'm in the process of organizing that. We have all the presenters uh, on that uh, lined up, and... Uh, in fact, right now we're getting uh, we're getting people to get signed up. Uh, a lot of our uh, affiliates and our uh, contributing members are getting signed up right now, and then we're going to open it up to the general public after a period of time. But but we're bottom line is where we've got um, something like there's seven seven uh, presentations, main presentations, and then we've got about seven other what we're calling poster board presentations that we're doing. And those are like uh, on a smaller scale, but basically people will be able to rotate between these different poster board presentations that go on and they repeat. And so that allows multiple parties to be able to hear them. We've got to stop here for a moment with Rich Hoffman yep. and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. In Texas, Bernie Sanders supporters celebrating his big win in the Nevada caucuses. Campaigning for Super Tuesday, Sanders poked fun at President Trump. You know, this is also important. The president 
gets very, very upset easily. So don't tell him that we're going to beat him here in Texas. Former Vice President Joe Biden is in second place and former Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg in third. Senators Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar are trailing behind. Biden told his supporters people are ready for change. They don't feel like they're getting a chance because they're not. They're being left behind. But I promise you, I give you my word as a Biden, I'm going to bring everybody along this time. This is USA Radio News. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to End your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-547-4804 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-547-4804. That's 800-547-4804. Again, 800-547-4804. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. A descriptive matter that Rich was dealing with here, the organization structure. Go on, please. Yeah, uh, so the the conference that we've got is basically going to be coming up, and it's going to have something like 13 people. You know, I I want to point out to you that you you mentioned Bryce Zabel, and you've also mentioned uh, Kevin Randall. Uh, Both of those people are part of SCU as as affiliates as well. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're actually interviewing a number of our people as well. Uh, we've got a, a good number of presentations. Dr. Lucianne Walkowitz, uh, is going to, from Chicago, she's with the Adler Planetarium, is going to be our keynote for the, this, uh, speaker at the conference. And then we're going to be talking about everything from, the technology tools that you can go out to be able to study these things. We're going to talk about the Ubituba, uh, a metal analysis. We're going to be talking about, uh, last time we talked about satellite, uh, available Earth satellites that we can use 
to be able to study the phenomena. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. Uh, we've got uh, basically interstellar travel covered with Dr. Kevin Knuth. Uh, he's going to be presenting something on interstellar bus. We're talking about dark matter and dark energy in relationship to UFOs. And so we've got a, a lot of different things that we're covering in these things. And again, they're more scientific based, but um, the general you know, public that we had that attended last year loved it. I think we had something like about 12 PhDs in the room and they were all communicating and talking and challenging each other. It was exciting to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it would be really fun on an intellectual level. Uh, yeah. One of the people that I noticed that was there was uh, Luis Elizondo. And I, I have yeah. a couple questions about him because uh, we had uh, Leslie Kane on not long ago, who, uh, of course, was one of the first people to introduce us to Elizondo and his role with the ATIP program. And then we have people like uh, Greenwald who were questioning Elizondo's role in ATIP, and nobody seems to be able to have pinpointed his actual role. Some people say he, he really didn't have much of a role. He sort of claims he was the, the head person. Leslie kind of calls him the point man, but what was he his actual role in all of that? Does, does anybody really know? Yeah. I mean, you talk to him and you get the answer, and basically we've had the answer for uh, a year or longer. I mean, you have to understand how the and this is the the problem, the disconnect that you have. Where, see, like Greenwald likes to go into these paper chases, you know, going and let's do a FOIA and let's see what we can get in the way of documents. Well, do do documents really tell you the full story? No. How good is the government writing down everything? They aren't. How good is it to be able to retrieve all the wonderful documents and try to follow the threads of documents? Uh, and think that you understand anything that's going on. Well, you don't. And so on one hand, you're getting, you're just doing a paper chase, but then you have the individual that was working there and you, you have them explain it. And then you have to understand the context or the relationship by which that person was working. And, and the intelligence world is a little bit different and uh, a little bit more restrictive and sharing than you'd think. And uh, and so consequently, then you're left with these little tidbits because they, they don't want to be able to reveal the everything or they might be giving away tactics or secrets or something of that nature. And I can understand that. I mean, when you're working in the in a classified world and I work in, in a, you know, in the classified world, I'm in the building, I've got a classified PC on my desk and I've got one that's non-classified. So, you know, you, you're a little bit cautious about what you want to say and you don't want to lose your, uh, your security credentials that you've worked your butt off to be able to get. And so that's why you get that disconnect between something that Lou says or whatever like that and, and what Greenwald will find. But that doesn't mean that he wasn't in charge of it or that he wasn't uh, the lead man or the point man or what you want to call it. And he was. And this, and this is what I'm trying to determine is just sort of, you know, how does the chain of custody for evidence play into his role? Like if someone, let's say if we take the Nimitz case, for example, uh, and we have those bricks from the from the recorders, and then we've got some people that were aboard the ship and then that 
nobody's really sure who they were. Okay, so somehow the, the re, those recordings ended up with Elizondo being able to take them out uh, yeah. and get them and de, uh, de, well, declassified or released to the public. So right. there's a lot of steps in between that, there that, <laughs> you know, like, did they call Elizondo and say, hey, we got guys coming from the, you know, from the destroyer with, with bricks and he met them at the airport or, you know, exactly what did he do is what nobody seems to really know for sure. It's always nebulous, you know, but somehow they ended up with him. We do know that. Yeah. And they have a whole lot of other information that they've collected over a long time that you're not going to know. And I'm not going to know because I don't have a need to know. And that's the nature <laughs> of the world. OK, so, I mean, welcome to the world of intelligence and, and all that other stuff you've got out there. So there's that kind of thing. So you're never going to know all the answers. Uh, I'm not going to know all the answers of what they had. And as far as the process of getting these things declassified, it's a very clear process. And he explained very clearly to me what happened. And oh, by the way, you know, almost in every instance where Greenwald was making claims about him or this or that, they've been debunked, basically. There's been things that come up or documents that come up and show that, yeah, well, no, here's the here's the actual form he filled out, you know, or here's the email that talks about him, or here's Harry Reid saying that this. So I, you know, I just sit back and I watch and I laugh. But basically, I mean, Lou has been very upfront and very honest and very much telling what he feels that he wants to tell. And oh, by the way, the project is still going on and there's somebody in the seat and they've changed the name of it and it's hidden again. So you're not getting that either. I think it's really interesting that this is the first time because we've heard these incidents, you know, the aircraft lands at the field and suddenly these mysterious people come along, grab the film, take it and off it goes and nobody ever hears from it again. This is the first time I've ever heard of the film coming back out again through someone who was involved with the DOD. Precisely. And that's I why mean, I, I don't know about you, but I've never seen it before. So, yeah. you know. And so the, my wanting to point the finger at Lou would be like me wanting to shoot Santa Claus. Oh, no, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just trying to figure sort of figure it all out because I find it really interesting. And, and you know, you got to think, well, there's got to be more there that, that probably Lou knows that we don't know and might never know, you know? You know, mm -hmm. the thing that bothers me also is focusing on things like this diverts our attention from what's really going on. It's the personality stuff that has always affected the UFO field. Well, right. that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many personalities in this thing and they're leading us all over the place. Well, I guess that, you know, that's a really good point, Gene. And it, we talked about that a bit with, with Bryce Sable and, of course, uh, Stephen Bassett, who, and both of those guys are uh, thinking 2020, we might just get disclosure this year. And, of course, Bassett's been saying it pretty regularly for a long time. But then when you've got people like Zabel and other people are kind of expressing this idea that we're getting really close to it now and maybe it will happen. But do we really need it to happen when we already know that some sort of alien visitation has been going on? What can they tell us that we don't already know? Let me just add one thing we're going to break in a moment. And that is, does the government, any government, have anything to disclose? Or would it be worse to get up there and say, you know, we have these things happening. We don't know what they are. 
We don't know what they are, but they do not seem to represent a threat to national security. And that alone would be a problem. Then again, governments are, tend to be reactive, so maybe something would have to happen on the part of UFOs, whatever they are, before anything happens. More to come with Rich and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. With more people listening to radio than visit Google, Facebook, or YouTube, from the very young to the very old, everyone listens to radio. Pillow companies, alarm, identity theft, nutrition, insurance, banking, automotive, the list goes on and on. Billion-dollar businesses. Why? The answer is radio, the media everyone tunes into. Find out how effective and affordable radio can be for your business. Contact 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in Germany right now. It's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals and they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNlife.com. That's GCNlife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNlife.com. 
I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever. We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS. Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Rich Hoffman, what's your perception? You think the government has something to disclose that they've been keeping a secret for 70 years? A lot of people keep telling me that I've heard it over my five decades, as you pointed out. I mean, that, oh, well, we're going to hear the answers or so the, the government's going to come clean or they're going to come and make some sort of pronouncement that they're here. And then we look at, you know, the how, look at the reluctance you see us even admitting uh, from the government standpoint that there's water on Mars. <laughs> you know, I mean, or anything like that. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, they don't readily make those claims until they have, well, the best evidence you could possibly have, you know, short of us I mean, having something in our hands that we could actually say that is a a piece of, uh, of a, an object or something of that nature. I don't think you're going to see it. And, I, and, I'll, and until uh, and then the, the big question comes again. And this is just going back to the fact that if this thing is placed in the military, how does the military think? The military thinks in terms of threats and defenses. Right. That's its purpose. It's it's about that. So what is it? What's going to happen if the United States makes a big proclamation that there's extraterrestrial life? that's visiting the Earth, and then you have NASA that's been saying, well, we haven't found anything, and you got SETI that's saying that there's nothing, and then you have, what's it going to do to the the religious community, and how will that be, and uh, the Vatican's going to go crazy, or what's going to happen in terms of other world politics and leaders and stuff like that? So, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is you've got to be very, very cautious about making that proclamation until you have something. I mean. Right now, you've got even, I mean, like just in terms of our politics that are going on, nobody believes anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all fake news, Everything that's right? being said is being, you know, you know, I don't know what truth is anymore. And so if I got the government saying that they're out there, they're real and everything else, well, you got a whole public out there that says, well, I don't buy any of that. The government's lying to me. You know, know, it reminds me here of a statement from a certain former America's mayor, which is truth isn't truth. Yeah, exactly. 
And and so how do we deal with truth? And now this culture where everybody out there is questioning what's true. And we heard the terms alternate facts being thrown around. I mean, and and we've got a very gullible group I mean, people that buy anything they see on the Internet. I mean, and so, hey, you know, we got blue aliens. We got, you know, giant aliens. We got pink elephants. You know, we got flying everything around. And yeah, because it's on the Internet, I believe it. You know, it's it's we're good to go. And. And so okay, but let's let's suppose then that the agencies in the government that are responsible for monitoring planetary security. I mean, there is a space force. The, a number of nations have military satellites. The U.S. alone definitely has ones that are, you know, out at LaGrange Point, too, and, and others that are out past the moon. I mean, these are satellites that can look back on the other side of the moon. They've got to know more than we do. So let's suppose that they come out with these photographs, crystal clear, of objects coming into the Earth's atmosphere and putting them out on an official government website saying, we don't know what these are, but they're definitely here. I mean, would that be good enough or would everybody think it's just some sort of government hoax? Well, I mean, look, I mean, uh, <laughs> anything can happen. But I mean, the question is, how do you release that kind of message to where it's believable? And then what's the purpose? You're going to have half the population that doesn't believe it. And you're going to have the other half that does. And I mean, so where, where does that get you? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the benefit is at this point, knowing how long we've gone with just the same status quo where it's going to make a heck of a lot of difference. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's just something that we have to like ponder a bit, that if you put yourself in, in, a, in a government's position, if you would, and they've been, they're aware of it, that it may exist. And then they got, like I said, you know, NASA's over here saying, well, wait a minute, life doesn't exist. And we're saying that it's here. And and then it, it, photographs could be fake. And, well, is a photograph, you know, nobody buys into the photographs that you see. They can all be faked. And then they don't believe the moon landing happened. I mean, what are you going to do? To make it worse, of course, we have the world of disbelief. Two realities existing simultaneously. But we are very... Uh, U.S. centric in terms of disclosure, and we have to consider the other countries that have had some kind of UFO research: UK, Brazil, yeah, Russia, China, Japan. Yeah. Years ago, when I had a UFO-oriented magazine, I received tons of English language material from Japan. So, right. if any government anywhere knows something more than we have a phenomenon that we can't explain, there would be some imperative at some point in time to say, here's the answer. We have it under our control. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially with this whole Russian thing and where if they were right. you know, really involved in trying to destabilize the political system in uh, the United States, I mean, that that would be yet another way to do it. That would just drive it over the edge because right now the whole country is split and completely divided on this, this whole you know, election interference thing. Imagine if all of a sudden they brought that out and then claimed that the government's hiding it too. I mean, who knows what could happen? I mean, I tend to think people are ready for it. Zabel 
you know, last week he said, oh, yeah, I think people can handle it. We've had 50 years of science fiction. It's not like people don't get the idea of alien visitation. Don't disagree with you at all. I mean, I, and I don't disagree with uh, Bryce. I think that ultimately I think we're ready to handle it. I think I want to believe and hope that that's the case. But I'll tell you this much. I know a lot of people in the, the world that I live in down here in Huntsville, Alabama, the Bible Belt, that would not be happy with that kind of proclamation. There's a lot of them that if I give a UFO presentation around that would immediately see this as all demon stuff because I, the, it's not in the Bible and, and they're very fundamentalists. And they would reject it and they would do that. And so there is a good part of the population out there yet that remains skeptical mm. and would not believe it and would flat out reject it because it's all demons. Yeah. And even that's what Lou said that he was experiencing up at the Pentagon. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, we got into that a bit with Nick Redfern, the whole Collins elite thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you, you, and we've got people who don't even believe that the moon landing was real. I mean, yeah, personally, well, I do believe it was real, but I mean, I, and I find it hard to believe there's people who don't, but they're out there. So you, I think you make a really good point, Rich. Well, isn't the earth flat? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, we've really wondered here in the Paracast whether we should get a flat earther on here and have some fun, but uh, that may just be too extreme. <laughs> it is a bit extreme, let me tell you. I mean, there, there's so much evidence against it; it's ridiculous. And anyway, it, it, to me, I think some of them probably are doing it for the just for the fun of it, and they get attention. But and there's a lot of those people, even in ufology, that do a, their stuff for attention. Oh yeah. Okay. So what do we do about about them, if anything? I mean, okay. So we've got you know the the Raelians and and, and these galactic ambassadors, self proclaimed, uh, <laughs> like like Stephen Greer, for example. I mean, it, yeah, I could just see them out there welcoming the Space Brothers and and setting up a landing spot for them. And it, I mean, it'd be really funny if they you know didn't land there. But you know, what what about that? This whole sort of. Um, the cultish side of the cultural aspect of it. Well, I, it, uh, there's not much that can be done. I mean, that's why, again, for us, it's a situation where we focus on the science and try to pull the science together because that we're trying to make some sort of like scientific uh, determinations that we can make. And, you know, one thing you don't want, and I've always felt that I've, uh, there's so many distractions that take you away from the focus of the UFO that are out there. And I've seen it getting worse and worse over a period of time uh, in my five decades, you know. Uh, and so we don't want to spend time with the distractions. We would rather focus on the, the actually, you know, objects themselves and, and learn as much as we can. And that's where our interest is. Let's do our break here, and we'll look at some of the extra things on the show with Rich Hoffman, Gene, and Randall. You're in The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. 
We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. What if people always acted the same way they do when they're driving their cars? Good morning, Mrs. Blanchard. How may I help you? I'd like to cash this check. Sure. I'll just get my pen Come here on, and... lady. Get a move oh, on. Goodness. Where'd you learn to bank anyway? Oh. Whoa. Don't you give me that look. It sure wouldn't be a very friendly place. What kind of candy do you want, sweetie? This. No, no, no. This. Pick something already. Come on, honey. We're holding people up. How about this kind? No. What is the matter with you people? If you're not going to do something, I am. Get out of my way. Every Every day, drivers and their families all across the country are killed on the roadways because of road rage. Wasn't it a beautiful wedding? Oh, yes, and they make such a lovely couple. Excuse me, is this the receiving line? Yes, it is. Hey, he cut in line. I'm a friend of the bride. Do you know the Hey, pal, you cut in line. Buzz off. Oh, yeah? He hit that nice man. That'll teach you to cut in line, you jerk. Stop the senselessness of road rage. It's time we all drive with the same courtesy we extend to people in the rest of our lives. A message from the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Rich Hoffman joining us on the Paracast this week. And of course, we wonder about all these extra issues that come about, the weird personalities in the UFO field. And sometimes you wonder... If the government really wanted to hide things, wouldn't they put something in plain sight to divert our attention? But that would imply a lot more preparation than we see. I think that if you want to influence the, the population, if you would, uh, and I think that this goes back to the Robertson panel that was back in then, let's use uh, Walt Disney and let's use Arthur Godfrey to get out there to help inform the public and to basically discredit and debunk the entire seriousness of the UFO phenomena. And let's just, then we'll also put in later on, we'll get a CIA guy that will go and run and, and he'll put out tabloids and we'll position those tabloids uh, on the end of grocery stands and checkout counters. And we'll show pictures of Hillary and holding an alien baby or, or something of that nature, you know? Then you sit back and you watch what you've created and then you watch the carnival atmosphere that goes on. And basically ufology, if you would, is collapsing in and, and destructive uh, amongst itself. As a government entity, you just sit back and say, well, I don't have to do anything. I'm just watching them do it to themselves. Well, that's what you see. Yeah. And, and you know, to, to anyone who, who doesn't know about the Robertson panel, you might start to sound like you're putting on the tinfoil conspiracy hat there. 
but it was a real project that was put together back in 1953 with a debunking strategy where they suggested that case studies should be presented for the purpose of baiting viewers with an interesting UFO story, only to deflate them by revealing a mundane explanation later. And radio, television, and film, and like you mentioned, Disney Corporation, were all suggested as a means to implement that strategy. So this is a real thing that the CIA did. So, oh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I wasn't it's, making that up. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy sounding, but it's true. Yeah. That was basically uh, something that was implemented uh, and carried out. Now, we only learned after the fact about the weekly world news and the tabloids, but, you know, that that, that guy was actually a former CIA or ex maybe connected <laughs> with CIA. But the, the point is that, you know, you sit back and you watch and and then you see science even, you know, rejecting papers on the subject of UFOs, uh, just because it's dealing with that kind of fringe science kind of stuff. And it's not part of mainstream science. So academia is now pushing against itself and you can't begin to talk about it. And if you are, you're laughed at. So, I mean, that's what I've seen over my decades with this is that whole effort. And then when Blue Book was closed, you know, you have the National Academy of Scientists that came out and blessed the the stupid report that was put together by Condon, right. which was basically, he didn't even read his own report yeah, and puts out a summary that says, we hereby show that there's nothing to it. And yet 30% of the cases that they have in their book, their big thick book that nobody would read, basically <laughs> uh, was basically showing his ignorance. But yet the National Academy of Scientists blessed the project and that led to the collapse of Blue Book, right? They got it off the books. The Condon report is, is in its defense, it's a really great report on everything that UFOs aren't and right. nothing about what they are. Right, exactly. Yeah, and so it, it did its job. It, it basically wanted to get the, the government out of the business. And if you look at the low memo that came out uh, that we found out, the trick, the, the trick, they call it, you know, the, the trick is to make it look like a whole bunch of us are doing some serious stuff, but just basically to out to try to get this thing shut down. And then that's kind of like me paraphrasing it, but but that's about where it was. And it, it helped to close Project Blue Book and then got it off the books. And that's what they wanted to do. At least and off the public right. books. In the meantime, something's been going on behind the scenes. Uh, and it has to be. I mean, people they can't be monitoring these things with all their high-tech sophisticated equipment and sending out jet interceptors to try and catch them without having to do some sort of reporting to somebody. And then finally, we know that these programs go on, you know, despite the fact that, uh, say, John Alexander came out a number of years ago and said, there's nothing going on. All of a sudden, ATIP comes out and we have Elizondo saying, oh, yeah, it's been going on for a long time and it's still going on. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I uh, I understand what John Alexander was saying too. I mean, I, how well can one person understand the entire DOD? Let me tell you, there's people that are sitting in the row next to me that have no clue about what's going on in the row next to them. And for me to make a proclamation that says, I've gone around and dug around with all the different services 
and that there's nothing going on is absolutely impossible. And oh, by the way, that's why you don't want to listen to these DOD spokespersons that are out making proclamations and saying, well, Lou Elizondo did not work with whatever. I'm sorry, but that's just pure crap that because they there's every day I'm dealing with projects I'm working on and I'm dealing with the people up at the DOD that have no clue about what our organization does. And and so ultimately, what does your organization do? Like, what can you tell us? Any any well, no, of the projects? I'm talking about my military <laughs> job. I'm, I'm working right. in the IT world for the Army. Right. And, you know, and, and they don't know what AMC, our Army Material Command, is about. And that's why I work. Right. And I've worked for 25 years. And there's a lot of people in the, even at AMC that, that have come in. They're relatively new people that have no idea what AMC does. Right. So it I, used to be uh, Air Material Command, I think, back in Blue Book Day, right? Well, I mean, AMC, we're, we're sister organizations. There's an Air, their Air Material Command or the Air Force Material Command, and then there's an Army Material Command. And so the bottom line is that these organizations do handle the R&D and the logistics kind of things, or at least up until recently. We've now moved over and moved all of our R&D under a different uh, organization called the Army Futures Command. But the bottom line is that uh, that they were sister organizations. And so, yes, I worked in the Army corollary to that. Okay. But again, my, my point being is somebody sitting up at the Pentagon and Washington, D.C. understands every project that's out there and has that access to that information is completely just ludicrous. Yeah, it makes you wonder why then they would come out and say, as if they are an authority on it, that no, this didn't happen or this did happen. Well, it's they must have been told to say that because otherwise no, they would be no. saying, I don't know. I, that no. wasn't part of my purview. No, they don't necessarily. So have you ever played the telephone game? Uh, well, it. You, okay, you, if you're a spokesperson and you're going to go down, you're going to call somebody. Hey, do you know anything about this? This person doesn't know about it. So then they go to somebody else. Then they go to somebody else, and they keep digging around to try to find out what an answer is. And so ultimately, it's a situation where if I tell you the the story, and I got 10 people that are uh, sitting around on a bunch of chairs, and I tell one story, and I whisper in their ear and say this, do you think that that's the same thing that's going to happen at the end when it gets around the room? No. And do they understand what that they're asking? And do they understand what they get in the way of information? Likely not. So it's not a situation where somebody's out there whispering in the air and say, don't say this necessarily. It's, it's more of like, I want to say this. I'm going to say this very politically, try to be politically correct. But they're not trained or they're not educated to do their job probably properly. And they're very ineffective in the giving the actual depiction of what's okay. being okay yeah i think i get i get the picture so they're they do some level of information gathering themselves and from that they just simply make an assumption that this yes. is the case but they don't have sufficient information to really be able to do that with gene randall and rich you're in the paracast <laughs> Oh, 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Compliment your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we're not so much focusing on sightings themselves, but on the implications and the issues surrounding it with Rich Hoffman and Gene and Randall. Go ahead, please, Randall. Well, we were just leaving off there on, on the way that information is passed around inside the military. And I'm not a military person. So, Rich, you certainly have a whole lot more insider experience than I do. But, you know, one thing I can't help but thinking is when people used to sort of this project blue book is being just a tiny little operation with a couple of clerks still if you read the report on unidentified flying objects which you know i'm sure you know about by edward Ruppelt, who headed the operation at one time he could requisition a jet and get on that jet and fly out to any military field he wanted to and interview the commanders and pilots at those fields that kind of resources today would be amazing for any research group. So despite the fact that it was small, it's not like it was insignificant. No, I agree. He's also doing that just in the, if you would, the Air Force. And you got to remember that there's the Navy, there's the Marine Corps, there's other (laughs) branches of service. Right. Right. Okay, so do you think that this Air Force guy is going to be able to pop down and go into the Marine Corps and get answers? Do you think that they're readily going to be able to tell him everything that they want? Do you think that that I mean, so I I guess what I'm trying to get at is, isn't it interesting that the Navy is the one that's the the, the one that coming out with the announcement saying UAP exists? What are the what's the Air Force saying? What's the Army saying? What's the Marine Corps saying? Do we have a the DOD saying that they exist? You know, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get at is the, if the military says that they exist, UAP exists, then aren't we not de facto saying that the entire thing exists in the entire government? And right. So why, you've, you've got why that trick word, though. Saying, again. Why isn't the president saying that they exist? Why isn't Congress saying that they exist? You've got that trick word, that whole UAP. It's, you know, an unexplained aerial phenomena. Maybe it isn't alien visitation. Maybe it's some foreign powers weaponry. And therefore, we need more money to investigate it. So I could see it being that could be like a really big, like you were saying, the whole idea with the military is is either offense or defense or uh, right. handling you know, the country's security. So they're going to be looking at it from from those terms, not necessarily that it's an invasion from space. Correct. Do you do you have any of the people from QFOS working with you guys at the SCU? Because one of my one of the things I'm curious about is that, of course, science, it's really good. But but I mean, Edward Condon was a scientist. He is prestigious scientist and so is carl sagan and just because you're a scientist doesn't necessarily mean you know anything about ufos whereas heineck was a scientist who did know about ufos and he's of course started the center for ufo studies do you have any qfos people working with you real ufologists besides yourself yes and we're also we're partnered with qfos in its current form which is very very small stuff 
but yes, I'm, I'm work. I work with Kufos uh, in this. Well, being the the data UFO data project, uh, I was involved in that, and then we have Philippe Alaris in France that's part of that, and we also have Robert Powell who was part of that. So there's a, there's a number of us that have been connected to that, but I mean. You gotta understand that the Kufos it doesn't necessarily exist. I mean, much anymore, if you would. But we're we work and we compare notes with Mark Rodiger a lot, uh, and he's the head of it. And so, yeah, we have interactions with uh, them as well. So, what's happening with UFO data so far? Well, so not a lot, and so ultimately, it's a situation where. Well, there's a whole, and we're going to be talking about this at our conference as well, but we've got a number of people that are right now, like Ron Olch, that's going to be coming in and showing us his system that he's developed. Uh, and that's being picked up by a lot of different organizations as well. Uh, but there's a lot of different technology projects um, that are out there. Uh, you have MADAR with Francis Ridge. Uh, you have... Uh, you have uh, also Ron Olch that's developing uh, this uh, uh, device that he uh, that he's got that he and he's going to be demonstrating uh, at the conference. So, and it's not just even with the United States, but there's a lot of others that are out there. And so, what we're trying to do is to get our arms around all these different projects that are going on. Uh, I was also working there for a period of time with. Uh, in the very beginning with Mark D'Antonio uh, and uh, he was connected with uh, Doug Trumbull and they uh, and that was a project that was ongoing but it kind of like uh, as I wouldn't say that it's completely died I think Mark is still doing something with it but I don't know how involved that it is a lot of these things are are, are technology based developing devices that can be used for monitoring or data collection processes and, and it's a matter of us trying to be able to get some sort of orchestration around that to bring data into a common repository or where you can actually look at it and develop it and, and start doing some data studies. And I think that that's also where TTSA is trying to go, too. They're trying to be able to utilize artificial intelligence technology like we are in, in the DOD. Uh, to be able to help us to understand things. So right now you have a whole collection of just a whole bunch of federated projects going on that are disconnected. And and it would be nice to see, yeah, some, some group uh, like yourselves bring all right. of that together. Absolutely. Um, yeah. One of, one of the things that uh, the QFOS does and still has, this would be separate from the UFO data project you were talking about, I believe, but they have their uh, UFO cat, which is a database of over 209,551 UFO reports. Yeah, that was, the, that was developed by Valet and, and, and yeah, going way, way back. Uh, right. 2009, I think is its yeah. latest update. So, so, anyway, that, you know, yep. That's and that's that's pretty amazing uh, when it you consider that they've all been screened by people who are in the know about what to look for and how to classify and catalog them. So that is a really really good res resource for researchers. Yeah, the, the 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 challenge we've got with data is is huge in the sense that the UFO group or ufology, if you would, or whatever how you want to call it 
has not treated it like a science in terms of bringing the data together to allow multiple parties and stuff to grow. It's all been, it's my data. It's my data. You know, it's oh. like, yeah, it's, the, t the territoriality just is so frustrating. Everybody's got to defend their little piece of turf right. and, and their, their table at the UFO conference, yeah. you know, I mean, is, is, I mean, are UFO conferences even useful anymore? Really? Do you think? Before we well, discuss the UFO conferences, and we're not going to talk about contact in the desert, where everybody is there. We've got more to come with Gene, Randall, and Rich. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNlife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNlife.com. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Wendy King. In Texas, Bernie Sanders supporters celebrating his big win in the Nevada caucuses. Campaigning for Super Tuesday, Sanders poked fun at President Trump. You know, this is also important. The president gets very, very upset easily. So don't tell him that we're going to beat him here in Texas. Former Vice President Joe Biden is in second place, and former Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg in third. Senators Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar are trailing behind. Biden told his supporters, people are ready for change. They don't feel like they're getting a chance, because they're not. They're being left behind. But I promise you, I give you my word as a Biden, I'm going to bring everybody along this time. This is USA Radio News. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to 
end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-547-4804 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-547-4804. That's 800-547-4804. Again, 800-547-4804. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 8625 800-503-8625. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. But since the question came up, are UFO conferences of any value? And I mentioned contact in the desert because it seems to be the largest one. Or is that overkill, Rich? I think it's a bit overkill. But I mean, I, to me, it's, it's like one of those things. It's interesting to watch because uh, I think there's a lot of these organizations that are starting to say, well, well they need to talk about science and, and, and start to look at that as well. And I think earlier on, there was an attempt to, to try to see if they could get a number of us SCU people to come and to present. And I think we pretty much bagged out. Largely, it's a situation where you've got uh, uh, these conferences that come together. And what we see is that, you know, you start to mix us in with the whole of the, the ones that are doing science and with all the other, you know, exopolitics and and everything else and there's a little bit of it it's taking away from it if you would where we're trying to go and 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 then there's the the carnival atmosphere that you see in some of them that it just never goes away and and you know we we just don't want to go into that we went when we're having our conference we're attempting to try to get serious level phds and we're trying to bring together published papers, if you would, that we can, uh, or papers we can get published or something of that nature that would hold up to the scientific community. It's not us going to these, you know, comic cons. It's not us going to all these other kinds of strange, odd, uh, odd kinds of conferences out here. And we don't really get, we, we don't see ourselves wanting to align ourselves with that. You're not going to have tables with t-shirts and, and uh, no, no, no <laughs> you know, with, we are not going to do that uh, with the SEU logo fact, on them. No, e- even in ours, we don't have like tables for people to put up vendors and sell crystals and and that kind of uh-huh. stuff. We don't we're, we're not doing that. We're not out trying to do that. We're trying to actually, you know, deal with the science expo- in a scientific manner. 
to make this thing and the subject respectable and to raise the level of credible credibility around it. And how do, how would you respond to say? And this is something that it's just frustrates me to no end. Is that you get the skeptics out there who say, well, I mean, without scientifically valid, verifiable material evidence, you don't really have any evidence that you can invest scientifically and therefore all you're doing is pseudoscience how do you, how do you react to that pseudoscience label uh, well we don't we disregard what they say because they're talking out of their backsides uh, you know when you have when you have uh, like military grade cameras like the atflir on the nimitz or something of that nature that capture something that's something in a thermal range or in a TV range or whatever range. Uh, and it's got a whole bunch of metadata on the screen. It tells me the altitude. It tells me the, the airspeed of the aircraft. It tells me a whole lot of other things. Uh, you can take those kind of level of images and break them down into pixel sized elements. And we break these videos down into single frames and we look and study those frames and the pixels, you can start to see, again, thermal signatures and a whole range of other kinds of details about the object that, that give uh, a lot of information. For example, let me give you an example. Uh, in the Nimitz case, you have uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Str uh, Slate, who was over in the other aircraft from the... Uh, that he was the WSO in the one with the female pilot. He described because he stayed, they stayed up at the 20,000 foot altitude, if you would, and didn't go down with Fravor when he was going down uh, and barreling, uh, barreling in on the object. But they're out there watching as the object and them go in a circle and do this little climb. And at one point, the object then shoots off away from that circle thing when Fravor decides to cut across the circle. Well, the slate from his perspective had a chance to see that the object around it had something that looked like a mirage-like effect to it. And he particularly called it like a mirage-like effect when, he was, when we interviewed him. Very interesting. You know, here you've got somebody that, that actually is very detailed, very, very trained, very credible, that is saying that they observed something that could help us to understand the uh, objects from a very, very good scientific standpoint. And I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is if we take a look at what we see even with landing cases, in some cases, we see the Delphos, Kansas case, I investigated a, 70, a case in Ohio, Carrollton, Ohio in, 70, in the mid-70s in which the ground was baked two feet in the ground and 70-foot in diameter area was baked, if you would. You find microwave radiation. Well, could is microwave radiation a part of some sort of a propulsion system in the object? And then you read these uh, papers that are coming out from the Navy that this Salvatore Paese I don't know if I'm saying that right, uh, wrote where he was putting these patents out on this craft. Well, it's using microwave transmitters around the object to create what they called a, uh, a vacuum, a polarizable vacuum. And can we create that? 
So if you've got that kind of thing, that gives you some understanding. So I guess what I'm trying to say is science looks at it from a lot of different ways. They just tend to not focus too much on uh, the human aspect uh, because they know it's fallible. But again, there's those small details that you can pick up from that where you've got a very credible source. And science is also about, you know, uh, understanding observation. And observation is what's supposed to kick off a scientific study, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, most of the cases come from people who are firsthand observers. So exactly. I think that people, the skeptics in particular, just tend to dismiss that way too much. Yeah. I do find it interesting, though. I mean, if we're—I mean, if we're looking at microwaves and uh, somebody observes something that seemed to be some sort of mirage-like, I mean, again, those two points point to some sort of possibility of uh, holography, and we definitely have particle beam weapons that use microwaves, and we've had them for decades. So I, I you know, just I know that you're kind of resistant to this no, talk, I'm but it's something that I think sh should be taken seriously. Well, I mean, well, when the I, when the I, data I, points fit, right? Then then it's 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 not like we should be saying no, that's not possible because we know that it is. I guess what I'm trying to get at to you is that in my worldview, and I don't, I'm not a holography expert. I'm not any of that, and I'm going to rely on a scientist to come up and make that kind of determination. Uh, and when I talk to scientists and say, and I propose the idea of holography. It, they generally reject it, and I trust that they've done a lot more studying than I am. So until I find somebody that's science, a scientist who can come out and tell me that they've done that kind of level of work, and that they can make, and I'll, then I'll be more open to it. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. But I don't have that understanding and that expertise enough to know. And so, yeah, well, we have enough intelligence uh, to know it's possible. We may not get a scientist to tell us they've worked on it because this is super secret stuff. If it is some sort of advanced countermeasures, you're not going to find somebody that's going to come out and tell us right. how it works. So it but we can mean, find someone who can it, tell us that it's possible. It, it, it does. It does mean no good to speculate without that kind of like hard level uh, understanding and evidence. I guess what I'm trying to get at is I'm not it's it's a danger zone to go into. And it to me, again, I go back to a, a holograph. Uh, you have to explain to me how a holograph can be tracked on radar, picked up on sensors and it can bake soil and it can do all this wonderful stuff before I'll understand that. Maybe technology a thousand years from now will do things that we can't even imagine if we're going to go that route. We have more routes to take, but only one more segment to take them on. So we've got Rich Hoffman. Didn't sound that great. Rich Hoffman, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. 
Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever? We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS. Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Exactly according to my plan. So, Rich Hoffman, we're looking at holographic technology for now. 
What about a thousand years from now? What about E.T. doing things with holograms that are even beyond what Star Trek did with the holodeck? Without a doubt, anything is possible. But again, I come back to until we get somebody of some expertise that can interpret what we're seeing in this and can convince, uh, make a convincing and compelling argument towards that hypothesis, then uh, it's just another hypothesis. Right. But don't you think that among the various hypotheses that are out there, that there's a certain hierarchy of possibility so that some are more reasonable than others? I mean, what we're talking about with the, the idea that they're using microwaves to heat the atmosphere, to create a vacuum, to transport a ship, that is just as far out there. Would I don't think anybody's that hol- done that. But we do know a- that they've created holograms. Why would you believe one and not the other? Does a holograph land in Socorro, New Mexico in 1964, burn the soil, leave footprints of beings that are out moving around on it? No, no. I'm talking specifically maybe about something like the, you know, the Nimitz case today, where we've got these various things you talked about, like, well, it looks like kind of like a massage. We've got, you know, a mirage. And then we've got like a, you know, microwave radiation over here. And we know that particle weapons use microwave radiation and optical wavelengths. We know we can create holograms today. No, Sakaro. I tend to go with the theory that it was some sort of an experimental moon lander. Mm -hmm. But, you know. We can go on and speculate, but there's a lot of those cases I'm out there I'm talking about that don't necessarily account for a hologram, even an advanced one, if you would. And especially I come back to the the physical effects that you see or other kinds of evidence, if you would, that indicates that it's not a hologram. Can it be a part of the whole mix of all the other miscellaneous stuff that we see? Sure, why not? Again, until I get somebody that is an expert in that field, or at least that can help us to understand that, that's just another hypothesis that we can go with. Again, hypotheses have a hierarchy of reasonableness. In other words, we're not saying, no, this is, you know, this is actually demons from an alternate universe. Maybe that's also possible, but which one seems more reasonable? If we can determine that the technology is possible then, yeah. and reasonable, then maybe that hypothesis makes more sense than another hypothesis. Yeah. Well, that's the scientific method. I mean, that's critical thinking. That's what we want to use. I think that it would be a great project for you to tackle, and I encourage you to look into that and see what you can come up with. Oh, yeah, I have. That's just the thing, which is why I brought it up. Continue to explore that, Randall, and and do what you want with it. And uh, I look forward to seeing your published paper on it. Yeah, right. Uh, like I wish I had more time for that. I'm. We see a lot of information out there. It takes a lot of time to go through it and to weed through it and to figure out what is and isn't possible. And yeah, you know, I I really wish that that's you know someone put could put me on the payroll for that, but. In the meantime, this is as far as I can go is to, you know, to try and say, hey, you know, I think this is reasonable, but you guys are really looking into it. So don't write it off. Maybe you might have contacts that you run into out there that, you know, you rub elbows with that go, hey, you know, uh, I was just talking to a guy. He says, well, maybe this is possible. I'm just trying to be helpful in my own limited way here. Because we don't want to just go jumping off the, you know, leaping to the conclusion that every case we hear is some alien craft. We we need to be able to say, well, what could it be that it isn't that isn't the case? 
you know, otherwise we'd lose credibility, right? Right. Right now we've got about 70 people. I mean, we could probably use several hundreds of people. And some of those people might be people that want to take on a project that would go and look at that as well. And we, we can't look at everything. Um, we're trying to, you know, as far as what science tends to do is it follows the data. And if there's data out there that shows us some indication that holography or something like that might be in play, I think that we would probably pursue it, but we haven't seen that. Right. Well, maybe I should get all the links together and send you guys something. But in the meantime, like I said, this isn't my show. This is, we want, uh, I'd like to know what keeps you going personally after all of these years and what you're most passionate about now. And obviously your conference on June 5th and the Huntsville Conference Center in Alabama, that's going to probably take a top priority. But what is really front and center on your radar right now? I mean, that's pretty much it right now. It it takes a lot to coordinate a conference. And so my focus right now is on pretty much getting all that stuff taken care of and coordinating with hotels and, and all the food and, and the registration site. So I'm, I'm pretty much being eaten alive by that. Uh, oh, wow. And I can only do so much uh, on my own with that because I'm also dealing with in my work job, my career life, if you would, which is IT for the Army. I've got like four or five projects that eat me alive there. So I'm limited uh, in what I can possibly even try to keep up with. For me, it's not, I, I'm not doing this as a full-time job either. I'm doing this as a part-time effort. And that's pretty much where I'm at. I try to keep up with what's going on in terms of, you know, like the announcements that are going on and, and that type of thing. We continue to, to talk to people and, and try to build SCU into something that's respectable. And I think that we're doing very, very well with that. And I think that that's, there's something to be said for that and the fact that just, you know, even as a little bit last year, I think we had maybe about 40 people and then it started out with five people. So anyway, that's pretty much it. It's a success rate in that sense. Absolutely. I believe uh, Paul Kingsbury's got a he should be almost finished his uh, book he was working on. So, yeah, Paul's yeah. a part of us. He's on our board. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, he made an excellent guest. Uh, we'll probably be in touch with him again in the near future when he's able to uh, start doing interviews again. So I think you guys are doing a terrific job, actually, and it's really been great to have you on the on the show. And the time has gone by so fast. I know we're we're getting close to the end there. Anything else you want to get in there, Gene? At this point, I think the best thing to do is if our listeners are interested in following Rich Hoffman's work. Ongoing work. Take your time to tell us where can they find you. Uh, well, for the most part, you, there's a contact page on our website, which is explorescu.org. Uh, you can pretty much follow us on that. We've actually got uh, a Facebook page that's dedicated to it, our studies and things like that. And it's also got links to the conference kind of stuff that will come up. So you can contact us that, and me through that, if you would. Uh, we're also on Twitter and we're also out there on our, uh, we have a website, that website that I just gave you, but we're on all three places. So if you even search for us on scientific coalition for UAP on Facebook, we're there too. But anyway, I'm out there. You can follow us and it's pretty exciting stuff. And I'm, I'm just, it's a pleasure being on with you again. We're so happy to have had you. Let me remind our listeners that you can find us 
on Twitter. Look for the PowerCast. We don't engage in the back and forth stuff. Not that we're not interested in engaging in the back and forth stuff, but we haven't traditionally done that. Possibly in the future we will. But right now it's just basically announcements for the show. On Facebook, pretty much the same thing. There is some interaction. And I know there's one person who comes on there and says, if we talk about UFOs, he's not going to listen. So unfortunately, that person (laughs) is now not going to listen to what I'm saying about him because I'm not going to name him except to say this. If UFOs or spaceships as revealed, it would be the most important story ever on planet Earth, don't you think? We also have the Paracast shop at theparacast.shop where we have branded merchandise, T-shirts and throw pillows with four different fancy logos. Pick the logo, pick the item. Prices are quite good. We also have the Paracast Plus where you can get a special version of this show that is free of the network ads, better quality audio, enhanced bit rate, And then the After the Paracast podcast, which is amazing because sometimes it's just a discussion, a list of UFO sightings, but also continuations of our main interviews. So our recent interviews with Nick Redfern and Bryce Zabel have continued on After the Paracast. But the only way you can listen is to become a member of the Paracast Plus. Go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus for more info. Rich Hoffman, thank you for joining us again on the Paracast. Thank you for having me. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>